Hey, hey, and welcome to another Podcast Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I'm your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Really great. How about you? Good, good. We took a longer hiatus than we expected once again. <laughs> like we do. It seems to be our thing. Hopefully that's the end of that thing. But uh, I hope so too, because I miss doing this and I want get to get through these tunes, man. Yeah, exactly. People are wondering what what's going on with you guys we every two weeks for so long and now we're just messing it up left and right we don't want the podcast to end yeah so we just try to drag it out as long as possible for everybody you know <laughs> exactly exactly but other people are probably wanting it to end so they just want to get to the end of it <laughs> fair enough yeah. fair enough so yeah we're gonna get back to the countdown but first we gotta take care of a couple of things you think yeah i'd say so one thing we didn't mention last week is uh the the writing wrongs episode was actually a suggestion by one of our listeners uh on youtube i, I don't want to mess up their name and it's not obviously not the real name just initials so they see minor or see minor i'm not too sure see minor, yeah, I don't. yeah they uh so i apologize for not knowing how to say your name but they're the ones that brought up calling it writing wrongs and the whole concept kind of it was something we were kind of kicking around but then when yeah they actually had like parameters and a name for right. it. And so, they put a name on it. It was like, yeah, it's okay. We're doing this for sure now. Yeah. And it was a great name. I would have never called it that. I would have never even thought of that. So I think I originally was going to call it the woulda, coulda, shouldas. Oh, it's not and, bad either. Yeah. But writing yeah. wrongs ties in a whole lot better. You got that right. <laughs> to, to what we're talking about. For sure. Because uh, just thinking about these next few songs coming up, there are a lot of songs we talked about in that episode that I might put ahead of a few of these songs. Yeah. Just saying. It's true enough. And um, another thing that we uh, have to talk about in Monkey World is uh, the loss of the Geeter with the Heater. Mm. He uh, passed away a few weeks ago, and we haven't been on to talk about it. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's funny, because in the episode, he just plays like an annoying weirdo. <laughs> but in reality, he was like a, a DJ, a really important DJ, and a, he, was like, he was the Geeter with the Heater, and he <laughs> translated oh, that from coast to uh, coast on the Monkeys. Jerry Blavitt was his name, I think. Yes, yes. And uh, should throw that in there too. Uh, but yeah, it's very one of those um, memorable non-monkey roles in a monkey episode for sure. Mm-hmm. And he was definitely a, a important DJ in the Philadelphia music scene. Yep. Uh, yep. And uh, he got he gave acts like the Four Seasons, kind of got a start, got their start, got their uh, music in the right hands. To the point where maybe somebody plays Jerry Blavitt in Jersey Boys, possibly. He's a big part of their story. Oh, wow. But uh, <laughs> it, it should. It's, it's, uh, it's that kind of thing. So, yeah. um, Who do you think would play him in the movie, <laughs> oh, The Geeter Story? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> maybe that guy who played um, Stephen Hawking. You, you know, oh, hey, that, maybe. He also was in the Hogwarts movies. I think. Uh, oh, yeah. I think he could pull it off pretty well. He has to look for it, kind of. Oh, yeah. But anyway. Good call. Good call. So like Jeff said, we're jumping back into the countdown, thankfully, getting uh, through these jellies. I say we're heading more into marmalade territory. <laughs> we're, we're getting close to it, at least. You could say that, Bob. We're not in jams, but I feel we're, we're almost out of the jellies because there's I'm some marmalades you. in this list today. Yes, sir. So we'll start at number 107. With any time, any place, anywhere. Anytime, any place, anywhere. I'll never forget what we shared. Comes a day that 
So this was from the best of the monkeys, like CD that came out that has them like looking very pastel-y on the yes. cover. The colorized version of the monkeys on Then and Now. Yeah. The best of the monkeys. Yeah. Maybe we didn't realize it at the time. It was kind of pioneered the whole compilation of the old songs and then, oh, here's here's some more, here's some new stuff. Yeah. Like, we got, that kind of became a thing all the time, but when this happened, it might not have been a thing all the time quite yet. Yeah, see, for me, I found this one at a used uh, record store. And I remember yep. just seeing it, and and for some reason, well, actually, I didn't have all these songs because you had the box. I just had them on tape, and so I was like, yep, "Oh, yep. there's a lot of great, and it's a great collection." Mm-hmm. The then and now, best of the monkeys, and uh, yeah, this was the new song tacked on to the end there, and um, it, it definitely has an '80s vibe with the opening, with like that weird electric congas or whatever those things are, <laughs> and. Uh, but I, I do feel the placement doesn't do it justice at all. Like, I think I think it could be a bit higher up. Like, the harmonies on the chorus are really great. And it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good good tune. Is this a cover tune, or that's one of the other ones off? That's uh, the next one coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was uh, my honorary slip-in from episode 41. Uh, Mickey Dolan's on the lead vocals, and Bobby Hart and Dick Eastman are the songwriters. The one thing this song definitely also has going for it is the built-in hand clap part at the end. Like uh, where there's a knock, clap, clap on my door. I feel that, that'd be go over really good in concert. Yeah, we never got to see the, uh, the clapping in action because they never ever played it live, if you can believe it. Yeah, what a rip. You would have thought that would have been on like... Well, see, when did this come out? Like 1987? This was 86, Pool It was 87, and this was planned as the second single until perhaps somebody stepped in and said, no, no, we're going to put out Daydream Believer with an updated drum sound. And that was um, the next single. It didn't do so well. At any time, any place, anywhere, at number 107, and one of its partner tunes is at 106. That was then, this is now, from the exact same compilation. was indeed a cover song there's a band called the mosquitoes who had um <laughs> had gained the interest of arista records specifically clive davis who had picked both of these songs and um i think we, we've glossed on it but it's kind of a big deal that a big shot like clive davis was uh, all in on the monkeys in the 80s yeah i think it i think it really helped their credibility yeah for sure definitely yeah having him in your corner always helps no matter what yeah, and uh, Clive pulled a song off the Mo- the Mosquitoes uh, demo EP. Uh, they didn't sign the Mosquitoes, but he Clive Davis decided he was going to keep one of the songs and give it to the Monkeys. <laughs> so it worked out pretty good. This uh, that was then. This is now. Actually, made it to the top twenty. Yeah, which, which was the Monkeys' uh, first time the Monkeys had been in the top twenty since you guessed it. Paco's favorite song, D.W. Washburn. <laughs> they go hand in hand, the two of these songs. Just kidding. But uh, in, in the video, and if you want to see the video, you can check out the, the Randomatic Countdown playlist on our YouTube page. Mm-hmm. And in the video, it's just Mickey and Peter 
playing live to like a pretty big crowd. Yeah, man. And also, finally, we get to see Peter in a Speedo. <laughs> finally. And I know people have been wanting that pretty bad. But uh, <laughs> the guitar solo by Peter, it rips pretty good. Like for yeah. a monkey song. It's not like Carrie King or anything. But mm-hmm. but yeah. And again, I have to admit, I like this more than I thought I did. This song. Yeah, And you'll, you'll often see it credited to uh, Mickey Dolenz and Peter Tork of the monkeys. Interesting. Not specifically a monkey song, but it's monkey enough for us to be number 106 on the Randomatic Countdown here at Podcast Valley Sunday. I wonder how the mosquitoes feel about that. I don't know. That Vance Brescia a guy who wrote it, might might have cashed a couple checks. I hope top so. 20 is top 20, man. Yeah, as, as long as they got the credit and it's not written by Peter and Mickey. And no, 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 no. get no, pushed no, aside. No, no, no. no. The mosquitoes got swatted. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> This will bring us now to number 105, Midnight Train. Rambling, rambling. Midnight Train, rambling, rambling, all night long on the gamble, gambling, losing all my money when it really is funny, huh? Midnight Train, rambling, rambling, all night long on the gamble, gambling, tell you what, maybe well, you better be moving on. I feel like this is a song that's tailor-made for Mickey Dolenz. It's like yeah. quick vocals, bit of a story, but to me it doesn't feel like a a monkey's monkey song, but it does feel yeah. like a changes monkey song where it seemed like all bets were off and it was just like whatever you wanted <laughs> to do. It was almost like, like a, like a mixtape of different genres. Yeah. And you get, the only thing holding it together was that bass. But this is another one of those Mickey songs that, um, there's a couple versions of a kicking around and it dates back to, uh, the headquarters sessions and he had kind of a, a version of it. Midnight train, rambling, rambling all night long I'm a gambling, gambling, losing all my money Well, it really is funny, huh? Midnight train, rambling, rambling all night long I'm a gambling, gambling Tell you what, baby, what better be moving on And I think it's like he's got, uh, I think Coco sings on it too? I think so. Yo, yes, sister. she does, yes. We pulled this back at episode 36 And at the time he called it a country-fied picking With no nez in sight Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting song Like, very... Yeah, countryfied mm-hmm. picking with no Nesmith in sight. <laughs> For me, Midnight Train's not a bad song, but it doesn't feel like a monkey song. But Mickey, of course, knocks it out of the park. As he yeah, it's more does. of a more of a vocal accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, than a traditional song per se. Yeah, it, it kind of if if it was a double feature at the drive-in, this would be playing with going down. <laughs> There you go. That's how I feel. Not bad, not bad. Yeah. And uh, once again, uh, a monkey song about trains and shit. <laughs> I love trains. They go to that well a lot. And we're going to head back to that well shortly. Yeah. Hint, hint. Stay tuned. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, Midnight Train 105, written and sung by Sir Mickey Dolenz. Mickey Danger Chicken, they call him. Yes. Mickey Danger Chicken. So now at number 104, we've got Never Enough. Cause it's not enough. It's never enough. It's not enough. I've got to say, I think you could get enough of this song. <laughs> I don't feel like it's never enough. Um, it, it feels like it's being played at the wrong speed or something. Like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It, and it, it sounds like it's below Mickey's range. Exactly. It's a weird, like, yeah, if they just would have pepped it up, like, 
a half step or something. Anything. Because it's just... Yeah, but by the end of the tune, and uh, we talked about it when we pulled it back in episode 45, they bring it together at the end, and the vocals get all get all big. And, like, some work went into this. Like, you can say about the Justice album, the tunes are well sung, and you hear the guys' voices singing together quite a bit on this record. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I actually have written down, like, the vocals are really good, and the playing is also good. Mm-hmm. It just it just seems to be going over the same thing to me. You know what I mean? Just yeah. treading the same ground. But if if you go on YouTube and, and you see like uh, the someone put together a video of it or something, yeah, uh, the one that you have put up yeah. for us, it, it the comments people love this song, like <laughs> their favorite song off Justice. How come this wasn't the opening single? You know, blah blah blah. I'm like, really? That's very interesting to me. <laughs> Because and again, not a bad song, but feels like it's being sludged out for some reason. Sludged out, as they say. Yeah, fair enough. All right, never enough. That's never enough. Yeah, one oh four. All right, so here we are, number one oh three. With I'm surprised the song came so low, but I it was is about to say the exact same thing. The kind of girl I could love. it way back episode seven that's probably back in why. our uh, action-packed weekend sessions which was this was the third episode of a sunday out of four yeah i think this is one of those those songs that get piled on yeah we, we just put it somewhere and then all the other songs get piled on top it doesn't get the nesmith bump that a lot of the other ones do as a result nez penned it as we just were saying and it's got a great chorus mm-hmm. and he and mickey's voice work so well together like they always do. It's definitely a highlight of more of the monkeys. Oh yeah, like for sure. And and uh, the solo is pretty rad as well. Yeah, it's a good tune. And um, I think it, they had it available for the first album, but it didn't make it because hmm. yeah, he was getting Mike was getting one tune per side. He probably threw together a bunch of tunes for at sure. the time. And um, and of course, as we know, more of the monkeys was assembled and released without the knowledge of the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, certainly rubbed the guys the wrong way. Yeah, that was especially a good Mr. Michael Nesmith. Whether his songs were on it or not, he was <laughs> not cool <laughs> with no. the situation. No, almost because of that, kind of brought the boys together. And it, we've talked about this before, like with Kirshner was saying too, like they got rid of me so they could, you know, not make hits, kind of thing. <laughs> but it didn't. The hits weren't the thing. It was about making cool music. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that's what they did. And if they would have just stuck being the Archies or whatever, yeah, it, where would they have landed now? Yeah. It swung really quick from doing it on Kirshner's terms to, hey, let's do it on the monkey's terms. And then it was, let's do it on each of our individual terms. Mm-hmm. And it stopped being the monkeys. And it just, there was Mickey yeah. songs he recorded in L.A., Mike's stuff from Nashville, yeah. Davies tunes from New York or wherever he was recording. And they just put the albums together and put them out. And that was like the last few records. And it was, it was, it was very uh, separate. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a few years where like the golden years, where they're all together and doing stuff and playing stuff. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah. And, and that's like awesome. And it's like, yeah, like in the middle there, it gets like fat with awesomeness and it ta- you know, tails off at the end. That stretch is like even shorter than we probably think. Like, oh, I agree. Yeah. Like it was 1967, the second half of like season one, the first half of 67, they start shooting the season two shows and they record headquarters and they go on tour and they record Pisces Aquarius, Capricorn and Jones. That all happens in 67. Mm-hmm. And so like that was like peak monkey time. It probably they probably got burned out on themselves in general, but they were atop the world on their own terms. Yeah. And for a minute, it seemed like a pretty good deal. Yeah, and I'm I'm so glad that they did it. Obviously, oh for sure, everybody won. <laughs> but this is a lengthy tangent away from our number one hundred three song, the kind of girl I can love, a two minute Nesmith banger that could have been higher, but just isn't. Yeah, which now brings us to number one hundred two with a bullet. Bye <laughs> bye, baby, bye bye. Bye bye, baby, bye bye. I like this song much more than its placement indicates, for sure. Like, because I've always really enjoyed this song. I don't yes. know who uh, who else really likes it as much, but I really do. It has a cool like Native American vibe to it in the verses, and I like the yeah. overall feel. And I always have. Like, I don't know. I don't know why. It has like a mommy and daddy vibe to me. The song, not your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the monkey song. Oh, okay. Like, if it was, again, if it's playing at a drive-in double feature, I feel this. And mommy and daddy would go well together, like they're yes, they do do have a serious tribal vibe to it. But this has that sort of a, the twang to it as well. Yeah, that, from like Midnight Train, that'd be the triple feature. Would be uh, mommy and daddy, bye bye baby, bye bye Midnight Train. This <laughs> crazy Mickey showcase. Yeah, of, of rhythm and vocal dexterity. Yeah, and, and if it's a dusk till dawn, I'd throw on going down too, just to, <laughs> the encore. You can see the sun come up. Yeah. But yeah, and, and at the end, Mickey's vocals are awesome when he's just kind of going off and uh, kind of like working like against himself, like the two Mickeys yeah. are singing against each other. And it's, it, it's, it's awesome. Really awesome. It feels redundant to say Mickey's vocals were awesome. Yeah, for real. But when you... When you do say it, it's like, wow, then they must have been really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy this song much better than where it is. Fair enough. Maybe we'll hear it later on uh, Writing Wrongs 2. Yeah. The rewriting. <laughs> you never know. All right, so now, number 101, we've got Oklahoma Backroom Dancer. It's I good example of countrified nez that's a bit too much for me (laughs) (laughs) like uh the bridge and pre-solo is really cool but very Mm -hmm. short and uh and the plinky plunky piano solo is neat but it's just like (laughs) not my bag that's about it yeah this is mike all in on the country thing and uh we pulled this back in episode 27 and uh, we have a pretty fun time with the title and saying it wrong <laughs> <laughs> like my quote from the episode is bad aroma bathroom danger 
for real. So, let's it. check out how we got to there. Go ro- roll it back to episode 27 of Podcast Valley Sunday. <laughs> and one thing, though, Ned's being super country. There's an, ep- there's an example coming up where I feel it works very well. But for yeah. this song, it, it uh, just doesn't. For me, yeah. at least. Yeah, I know. And growing up, you and I weren't exactly country dudes. But our faith in Nez was such that we'll, we'll listen to his country songs and be like, okay, yeah, okay. It's true. Yeah, it is true. But anything else, I'm like, nah, just not <laughs> for me at all. <laughs> so let's now bring it down to the Hot 100. And Ooh. we've got I'd Go the Whole Wide World. Not bad from Poo Poo Pool It. Yeah, one of the bigger songs from Pool It, one of the bigger singles. Yeah, and one of our higher ranked songs, I suppose, from Pool It. Yeah, it's it's the least 80s sounding song pretty much on Pool It, which isn't to say it doesn't have any 80s sound to it. <laughs> it's just the least 80s sounding song. This is true. This is true. And this is a cover. Um, it's originally done by Reckless Eric. That's Reckless with a W, who was a. Uh, an artist on stiff records in the early days of punk rock. And uh, it's two chords, which makes it easy to cover. (laughs) For that reason, there are 18 cover versions out there, including this one. My goodness. I know, right? Reckless Eric making some bank off this song. For real. And and Will Ferrell plays a version of it in uh, the movie Stranger Than Fiction, but I'm not sure if he's playing the Reckless Eric version or the Monkees version. It's never established in the plot of the movie. <laughs> I bet I, it, I bet it's all of the versions. There's like no, <laughs> no real version that he's singing. Fair enough. If we do a crossover with that uh, Anchorman podcast, we'll have to ask Will Ferrell. Yeah, exactly. If, exactly. He, if he has pool it in the car as we speak. <laughs> That's our current number 100, whole wide world. Ooh, breaking into double digits now. How you like that? So now at number Wayne Gretzky, we've got Band 6. I think you got it now, Mickey. Sort of in the same vein as the the next song we're going to talk about, um, where it's not so much a song as it is like an exercise of what the boys were doing in that situation in the studio. what, What they could get away with, basically. Yeah. Was the name of the game. It's very rare. Monkeys instrumental. Yeah, very rare. I'm not sure there's any other ones. Tell you the truth. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it it, it it's fun because you can hear the fun yes. coming off of it. Yes. And that's why it's a cool. Yeah, I guess cool song, right? But yeah, yeah. It's them. It's them jamming out the merry melodies theme. Yeah. With a couple of false starts and just practicing going on and studio chit chat. Yeah. yeah. In general, I, I do dig that kind of stuff. Yeah. But for it's sure. <laughs> as a result but as a result, I'm not sure we reach for this too often. And uh like I said before, I might if here on the countdown, I might have switched this and Zilch straight up for each other. Yeah. Maybe Zilch should be up here at ninety nine. But hey, what can we do, folks? Yeah, it's true, it's true. And just we will talk about this in another episode coming up, but that headquarters new box set, the four disc 
Mm. Intense, crazy deep dive <laughs> into headquarters. This is not for a casual fan. Like, like <laughs> let's be straight up. If someone's like, oh, I like Last Train to Clarksville, you, you don't like say, oh, then you should get <laughs> this box set. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, there's a lot of this kind of stuff in there, like them hanging out, them working on stuff, them working through stuff. And it's a lot mm. of fun to listen to. But uh, we will we'll do a deeper dive into that when uh, in another episode. But when talking uh, I, about I, this, you can't not talk about that. Well, I look forward to that. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a good mention because yeah, that's the the hot commodity on the uh, on the monkey scene right now at Rhino Records. Oh yeah, it's awesome. It is awesome. Right now we'll we'll just zoom on over to number ninety eight with a. Well, you know what, Paco? What's up? I I got a better number ninety nine. Cue the organ. My mid-countdown honorary slip-in today is Steam Engine. Engine 99. This is uh, written by Chip Douglas and uh, recorded with Mickey on the vocals in 1969 with the intention to be placed on the Changes album, but due to legal and money disputes with the label and Chip didn't make it on the album, but it was included on the Saturday morning reruns in Monkeys on Tour, Mm -hmm. and I think that's why we know about this song. It is a ripper. Like, it, it, it's a super great, like, super high energy. Mm-hmm. It's a, you could just see it live, dance, Mickey dancing around and just killing it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's a shame it didn't make it on the, the Changes album. It could have been a good single even. For real. And um, another interesting version of it is floating around out there uh, that Chip Douglas pressed up himself. On a, as a 45 and sold at the 1983 Monkeys Convention in Chicago. Wow. Whew, if you got one of those, so, hold on to that. <laughs> so it's got an odd history. It's a ripper. It's a Monkeys song about trains again. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, just a good tune, and I like it. And um, for a long time, I thought it was on changes. Like it was, fr- I assumed it was from that era. And. Um, but it wasn't, and uh, I think it's on the Monkey Mania, that 40 song, Best Of, that I think you got a copy of. Yep, yep. It came out in Australia. Australia. Hello to all our Australian fans. And uh, yeah, it became, I think it's on the blue disc of the Listen to the Band as well, if I'm not mistaken. But it might not be, actually. But no, yeah, so. it's just kind of, oh, uh, Monkey Missing Links Volume 3, it comes out on. Yeah, it's like an alternate mix. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's kind of one of those uh, those outsider deep cut monkeys tunes. But like you said, it made it into a live show once or twice based on the strength of it and how much the fans like hearing these deep cuts. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely would definitely be a great crowd pleasing deep cut monkeys <laughs> song. <laughs> yeah, and even if you'd never heard it before and you heard it, you'd be like, "Man, this is a good tune. Where's this from?" 
for so, yeah. real. So yeah, good call. Good call and bring, slipping that one in. Thank you. Which brings us to number 98, I suppose. <laughs> the Diddy Diego War Chant. Hey, hey, we are the monkeys. You know we love to please. A manufactured image with no philosophies. We hope you like our story, although there isn't one. That is to say there's many. That way there is more fun. You've told us you like action and games of many kind. You like to dance, we like to sing, so let's all lose our minds. We know it doesn't matter, because what you came to see is what we'd love to give you and give it one, two, three. But it may come three, two, one, two, or jump from nine to five. And when you see the end in sight, the beginning may arrive. For those who okay, so like, what can you really five, say <laughs> about this? song it's like fun to hear without the sped up vocals because that's all i really knew it as for a long time oh on the soundtrack tapes that you got yeah it's just got the messed with like sped up and slowed down vocals and yeah so like when i re-listened to it today it's going over this like oh yeah this is how it just goes across like it does in the movie right it's just Mm -hmm. the regular voices but yeah it's just like a sound clip from head that kind of sets up the movie and shows you a scene from every single scene. Every single scene. Spoilers everywhere. It's like the chapter list. It like predated yeah. uh, DVD's chapter selection. Man, I, I want, it'd be awesome if on like the Blu-ray, you go to the chapters and it's just that and you just click on which <laughs> one you want. <laughs> I mean, why not? It would make the most sense. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I don't really know what else to say about Diddy Diego Warchant. It's well, fun, it's, but... It's, uh, I think it's a Rafelson Nicholson thing. I think they wrote it. That it makes sense. The guys, even though the guys do it, and they deliver it in a convincing fashion, and you can sort of sense the... Mm-hmm. They're singing it through clenched teeth kind of thing, and... Uh, yeah. Like, not, not that they're like, they don't want to sing the song, but like, they're just like, screw this <laughs> monkey business. Exactly. Yeah, it, it definitely was what Head was, right? It's supposed to deconstruct yes. and kill off the monkeys. So it was almost supposed to be their Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Like what Paul mm-hmm. McCartney really wanted it to be at the, in the original <laughs> outset was like, we're going to be like a different band and this band can do stuff. And it's kind of like what the monkeys are trying to do with Head. I suppose, suppose, I suppose. But anyway. But yeah, it, it's sort of low here in the countdown. It's absolutely our lowest song from the head soundtrack out of like the six or so songs that are on it yeah yeah which then (laughs) brings us down to 97 and gets you in the christmas spirit with snowfall snowfall Okay, so obviously it's from the, the Christmas album. And uh, I didn't realize this was a, like a classic Christmas carol, essentially. Yeah. Not, you know what I mean? I, I thought like Nez penned it or something like that because it worked so quite. well for him. But it's not just a Christmas album, Paco. It's a Christmas party. That's right. It is. And, <laughs> and, if, and if our episodes would have timed out a little closer to how we wanted to, we would have been talking about this around Christmas time. It's kind of a bummer that, that we don't get to now. It's a, a little bit in the rear view, but you know, this, yeah, it's one of the good tunes on that album. Yeah, I, I think I said the first time we talked about it as well, but like it sounds like snowfall. I don't know how to describe mm-hmm. it, but when it's saying you feel like snow is falling, 
and it For really real. hits the Christmas vibe. And uh, yeah. it starts off with that classic, like, Mosey-sounding guitar. And then the strings yeah. come in, and, like, this chorus with Mike singing. It, it's just it's a great song. Yeah, it's a Claude Thornhill composition from 1941, which is more of, more of like a big band thing. But they, obviously Mike's got to give it a little little touch of uh, the mosey, the swagger. Yeah. <laughs> like you're on, a, on the back of a slow-moving horse. That's what it feels yes. like in the snow, just <laughs> clopping along. <laughs> For real. But, um, oh, wait, hold on. I hear a, yep, that, that's the honorary slipping organ. There it is again. And uh, just because we're in the Christmas spirit right now, I'm going to use my honorary slipping. Awesome. To, to be uh what would Santa do also from the Christmas party album What would Santa do Good call. I remember when we first were doing this, I was like, okay, I'm obviously going to throw in What Would Santa Do? And I was like, ooh, wait, no, probably Jeff will have that one, so I'm going to pick something else. (laughs) And I feel you might have thought the same thing with me because there's no way this song should have not made it on this list. I thought the exact same thing because I think you talked about this song a lot. (laughs) Like, you know, off off mic, (laughs) when we talk about these songs on this Christmas party album, you definitely dig that one. Oh, yeah. It's it's just fun. It's great. The chorus is awesome. And uh, I think we talked about this recently in one of the other episodes, but like this Christmas when I put on the album, my wife would get into that song. Like she loved it. (laughs) She just loves when Mickey says he wants to sock him in the mouth. (laughs) Makes me want to clench my fist and sock him in the mouth. (laughs) At Christmas time. For real. And then he says, no, what would Santa do? And then uh, it's, yeah, a great song. So I'm sticking that one here right in front of Snowfall so they can curl up together. <laughs> that brings us now to number 96 everybody's favorite monkey song about a cat shorty blackwell <laughs> shorty blackwell shorty blackwell be friends with me be friends with me shorty blackwell shorty blackwell be friends with me Feeling very bad today. Another cat came in to stay. Oh, I know this is a song you are not a fan of at all. (laughs) You're not big on it. See, I I do kind of not as much as you are, Paco. Not as much as you. Yeah, I do kind of. I'm not saying it's door into summer or anything, but I'm just saying (laughs) it. it, It's really long, which is very weird for a monkey song. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm pretty sure it is the longest monkey song, and uh, written and sung by Mickey Dolan's a lot of Mickey here in the Marmalades. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's off of Instant Replay, and uh, you know what we do with the tunes from Instant Replay? We pick a lyric and retitle the song. No, we retitle the album with a lyric from an Instant Replay song, and today's lyric is obviously feeling very bad today, <laughs> which is the general vibe. Of instant replay 
the album itself. Yeah, well, see, the, the funny thing about the songs is, like, from the point of view of a cat, and they bring another <laughs> cat into the place, and he's not stoked about it. It's about, like the hang-ups and tribulations in the day of life of cats, essentially. But then it takes a weird turn in tone and gets heavy mm-hmm. and trippy, and like the horns blast in over the like he's going mad chant. Ascending spiral staircase kind of vibe going yeah. on. Yeah, and it, it gets kind of nuts, but like straight up, it's yeah, long as hell, five and a half minutes, <laughs> and it, it probably could have wrapped up around the three minute mark. You know, and I think maybe people might look more fondly at Shorty Blackwell, but yeah, it's a very weird Mickey, and I think is Coco on it as well, or is that just Mickey doing a super high voice um, with himself? It's possible. I don't. I didn't check the uh, personnel on this one. But yeah, either way, it's a. I'm not saying it should be higher or anything like that, but I know that I like it more than you like it. <laughs> it's all good. Word. <laughs> but there it is. It's it is in the double digits. Yep. And I'm not sure it'd be in the double digits for everybody. <laughs> True. Some people would put it in single digits. But it did grow on me a bit, and uh, <laughs> if you have a fondness for a tune, there's there's usually something to it. Yeah. So we'll leave Shorty Blackwell in the rear view. We'll move on up to number 95, If I Ever Get to Saginaw Again. If I ever get to Saginaw again A locale that's somewhat off the beaten track Get to see the girl I never saw again Who must know why I have never ventured back there's a deep cut. Yeah. And this was one of our honorary slip-ins because it's on uh, Missing Links Volume 2. Yes. And uh, see, this is another like countrified Papa Nez song. But for some reason, it scoots around my anti-countryness. And it's like, I really <laughs> like this one for some reason. Yeah, for real. Uh, it's not um, a Mike composition. It's a, a Russell Keller song. But it does have that kind of... Um, country western vibe yeah. i think there's a version up there where davy sings it which seems w- like weird uh whatever the opposite of typecasting is yeah if i ever get to saginaw again a locale somewhat of the beaten track get to see the girl i never saw again you're right that's a very weird one to go i i don't know if i've ever heard that i'd like i'll hunt it down and put it on yeah, here like similar to how there's um there's a Mike version of daddy's song yes there is and, it, and it's, it's really cool it is cool but it's it's davy's song to sing oh yeah it's a totally but it, like his it's like he sounds like he's coming through an old radio Yes. So it's like a the, totally... the Magnolia Sims kind of thing. They do change yeah. the flavor of it to sort of suit Mike's whole deal. Yeah, that's why it works better than it, it could have if he was just putting his vocals over. Like, the you can't track. picture Mike 
in the tux dancing. Dancing around? With, with Tony Basil. No, <laughs> not happening. I'd love to see it, though. With this song, uh, Saginaw, uh, mm-hmm. Nez really makes you feel that like long-lost pain of the girl that was only 17. And like... And it, <laughs> they, they sneak around that too. Yeah. yeah. But it's also like he talks about like he has a son in Saginaw. Yeah. And it's like a very like forlorn, very, very sad yeah. song. It's not it's not a it's not a little pop ditty. It's it's a heavy tune. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good girl. Ever if I ever get to Saginaw again, I'm glad you used it as one of your honorary slip-ins. Thank I you. would have eventually probably because it's a memorable tune, and we like it a lot. Yeah. And Nez's voice is perfectly suited for it. Oh, yeah. Which brings us to a song we just mentioned here at number 94, Magnolia Ooh. Sims. Cool. And Another one we, we pulled a long time ago, back in like 2019. It's cool because it opens up with those false starts. <laughs> yes, and, yes, yes. And that's kind of fun. And uh, then it becomes like an old-timey country song, which usually is my wheelhouse. But uh, <laughs> the tongue-in-cheekness of it, I don't know, it really works for the song. And it's yodeling and all that. <laughs> like it's, it's cool. It's I, don't, I, I like it. If, and it feels kind of like a Missing Links kind of thing, but it really was on uh, the birds, the bees, and the monkeys. Um, you know, they're one of their first kind of uh, compartmentalized, yeah. working separately records, but still a pretty major record. It's got Daydream Believer and whatnot on it. But a lot of cool tunes like this. And um, on our uh, YouTube playlist, if you look up Randomatic Countdown, you'll see our list. Of all these tunes in video form, mostly. And uh, for this one, I found a, like just an acoustic version of just Mike and a guitar playing mm-hmm. this song. And it's, it's pretty cool. It really strips it down and uh, still works. Yep. And it's just uh, a good, heartfelt uh, country western ditty. Yeah. By our man, Mike Nesbitt. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool, cool song, I'd say. Yes. Speaking of cool songs, what, what do we got up next, Paco? At number 93, we got your Auntie Griselda. You can't begrudge her style, your Auntie Griselda. She couldn't budge a smile and do it for free. So righteous making fudge, your Auntie Griselda. So proper judging others over her tea. My Auntie Griselda? Our Auntie Griselda. Our Auntie Griselda. <laughs> Everybody's true, Auntie Griselda. Except Peter's. And, it, you know, the fuzz <laughs> bass is really underrated. The whole so- And the whole song sounds like, like a freak out. And uh, it's a great Peter number. Yeah. But, but you wouldn't put it on the psychedelic record. <laughs> Could you imagine... If one of the songs you liked was taken off the psychedelic record and your Auntie Griselda was on instead. It's almost like if it was the instrumental of Auntie Griselda, it could get on the psychedelic record. But That's because true. of the, the commentary. That surfaced stuff on, on something, it. right? That's on like either the show or 
Is it the live episode? Some they do like a romp with just the music to it, yeah, don't they? I think so. And it's it feels, uh, it's feels familiar. Yeah, it's it's a cool instrumental thing, and it's it's cool with Peter's vocals too. Like no one could have done this but Peter. Like Mickey oh God. could have, but the the vo- the noises just wouldn't come out the same. You know what I mean? Yes, for real. Like this is we're talking a lot of tunes that just just fit the monkey they landed on so well. Yeah, and um, I think they talk about this being sort of like a, a Stonesy nineteenth nervous breakdown kind of tune. Mm-hmm. Bit of a jokey thing, but <laughs> Peter just takes it to another level. Yeah, and it's almost like Peter's innocence and joy for everything kind of come out <laughs> in this, and that's why it's not like a, roll your eyes at this song. It's just like, like, oh man, here we go. And I love when he screams, yeah, yeah! at the end. I think I brought this <laughs> it, up before, but. It feels real. Yeah. yeah! He f- seems so happy and it's great. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. No, the opening and closing riff is really rad. It's a, it's, yeah. yeah. It's a good song. Like I say, we're, we're definitely, I think, out of the jellies. Yeah. yeah. It's written by Diane Hildebrandt and Jack Keller. And, uh, Diane Hildebrandt also writes some other songs for the monkeys. And also, uh, she put out an album herself called Early Morning Blues and Greens. Oh. You'll never guess what monkeys related song is on that one. <laughs> but she's also uh, wrote the lyrics to Going Down. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. She's got and we pulled this back on episode 23. And my, I forget that the out of context quote is I need better duck sounds. <laughs> <laughs> but this i really think peter kind of nailed it like got right into it oh yeah i can imagine two or three takes of this you go i'm gonna try and hit the pops a little harder this time <laughs> yeah, exactly i <laughs> uh, need better duck sounds <laughs> <laughs> for real so i, I really do I, I could believe that he banged it up i believe that's a that's from the transcripts from the session <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> so number 93, your Auntie Griselda from the Monkees' self-titled debut, Nespa. We, oui. Which brings us to number 92, Petite Femme, also known as Little Girl. <laughs> little girl is smart as she can be, oh. Little girl has made a fool of me, oh. I believed her when she said she really loved me. The love was shining in my eyes, so I couldn't see the lies in her eyes. This episode is packed with sung by and written by Mickey Dolenz. For real, yeah, because he's done so many songs that a lot of them fall into this middle category, mm-hmm. as well as being on either end, but he got, has a lot, a lot mm-hmm. in the Marmalades. So It's true, I don't know, and they're all like, yeah, like really nifty accomplishments. Mm-hmm. This is another very fast paced. The instruments and the vocals are kind of all over the place. And it, it bats lead off on the monkey's present. Yeah, that's present. intense. That's I, I don't know if I would have made that move, but it's like <laughs> I think I think uh I think that's an indication that uh, Mickey's at the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Of the monkey machine. <laughs> and I don't think you ever really let it go from here on out. For real. Yeah. The very flashy lead guitar lines are played by Lewis Shelton. Hmm. Who, whose name you might recognize from various other monkeys credits, including Last Train to Clarksville and Valerie. Wow, he's got so, some magic fingers on the monkeys. He's pretty much lead guitarist 
one A yeah. <laughs> for the monkeys. But you get into what's what's a memorable riff and who plays it and how they do. And like you'll you'll catch um, videos of Louis playing. They bring him out on stage. I think he lives in Australia and they brought him out to play the Clarksville riff and he plays it. It's not just doom 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 doom. That other like the finger picking on the other strings. That's not another guitar. That's Louis. That's crazy. Doing the whole thing. Wow. With, like hybrid picking with the pick and also doing his other fingers to play that uh like the descending chord riff wow that's pretty cool yeah yeah because the guitar and, in this is frantic like it, yes it's going it's all over the place like a like a hummingbird <laughs> yep a lot of picking in this episode too folks yep yep and uh yeah like we were saying yeah, the song's like a race from start to finish <laughs> which is kind of maybe why it was a good opener i guess yeah, got it up and let's go. Yeah, and just like not overpowering quite yet. And this is a this is a Coco involved song too. Yeah, it, yeah, it's essentially about like a bad girl, but Mickey loves her, but she ends up hurting him like he knew she would essentially. Oh well, what can you do? You'll get Miss December. Don't worry about it. According to one of the other songs on this album. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so now we're coming into number 91, if you could believe it. Wow. Which is another song I'm surprised is this low, but it is I'll Be Back Upon My Feet. It I is. I like it. It's another one of these songs with the, the multiple versions of it. Yeah. And they also sing in it, I'll get back upon my feet. Like, not all, I'll be back. They say, I'll get back. Really? Yeah. It's a, on, that's it, how it sounds to me. On all versions like, of it? The one that I've heard recently. Maybe oh. I'm hearing, maybe I'm mishearing it. Is that the one with the McDonald's straw? Is it that version? Everybody, quiet down for a second. Baco, can you give us a, a taste of the McDonald's drop, please, if, if you don't mind? <laughs> that wasn't a sample. That was actually me, everybody. I know. Amazing. They they bring me into studios if they need that sound. Because oh. <laughs> now you're not supposed to have plastic straws anymore, and the paper straws won't do it. As mentioned, it's got a couple of different versions officially released by the Monkees. Uh, the Birds and the Bees, the Monkees version, as well as, uh, was it Missing Links Volume 2? Yes, I believe. And um, and that's the version that made it on the show, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Like, really early on, too. Yeah, for sure. I think. It's, it, yeah. it's a very jovial song. You know yeah. I mean? It's very happy. It's very nice. Um, mm. It's also got the rare horn solo for a rock and roll song. That's a good point, too. <laughs> and uh, it's written by Sandy Linzer and Denny Randell. Now, they, uh, <laughs> they're responsible for a bunch of the songs by the Four Seasons. but And they also are responsible for uh, The Day We Fall in Love. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, they're in our good books already. <laughs> However, they're also the writing team behind uh, an R&B band in the 60s called The Toys, who had a song called uh, I Can't Get Enough of You Baby, which was covered by Question Mark and the Mysterions, and also covered by 
you guessed it, Smash Mouth. No, really. Can't get enough of you, baby. Oh, that song. Okay, yeah. (laughs) So so that's another interlocking heritage in the Six Degrees of Monkeys with Sandy Linzer, Denny Randell, and Smash Mouth. (laughs) That's crazy. For real. So that's... That's all I got to say about it. I'll be back upon my feet. Our number 91 tune here on the Randomatic Countdown. I think we got time for one more, Paco. I uh, think so. Which one is it? At number 90, we've got the poster. I feel like I'm already there. Great organ intro to the poster. The the pre-chorus or the chorus. I'm not I don't even know if this song has a real chorus to be honest. But it's really uh, awesome. Yeah. And uh for me personally, it holds great memories because we've talked about when I bought the three tapes at the used record mm-hmm. store. And uh so this was the first tape I listened to and this song opens up that tape and it was like a new monkey song. Like we'd never heard the poster before. And it, it was awesome <laughs> to, to be like, holy <laughs> man, look at this. We found these things. And uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's, 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 yeah, it's a good song. It's pretty, I'm, again, I keep saying I'm surprised it's down this low, but we're now we're not getting that low anymore. But yeah. These tunes, these tunes are getting pretty good in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, had, had Davey checked in much this episode yet? No. I don't think, yeah. So he sneaks one in here at the end. There's a song he co-wrote with, uh, What's his name? Chuck Pitts? Berry Pitts? Peach Pitts? I don't Chuck know. Chuck Berry Pitts. It's, it's, it's a Jones Pitts number. And uh, it's kind of a ripoff of being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, yeah. if we're being honest. 100%. Uh, and um, two more things about it. Uh, the uh, percussionist, the glockenspiel player, is credited to Gary Coleman. Could you imagine? Oh, man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> what you talking about, yep. Davey? <laughs> <laughs> And the final thing I'll say about it, on our playlist, the video uh, that we I found for this, mm-hmm. it incorporates the, um, the circus footage from the monkeys, and it was posted by one of our uh, OG Podcast Valley Sunday fans, Mr. Will Hat One. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that today when I was or going through Mrs. it. Or Mrs. or Ms. or they, Will Hat One. If, they re- if Will Hat One reaches out to us, nah, it's been a while. I, we have not heard from Will Hat One lately, have we? No, it has been a while. I think you offended I forgot them. to ask Mike Nesbeth if he was indeed Will Hat One, because that would make sense. I mean, could you imagine? He's at home splicing together old monkey's footage <laughs> with the poster. <laughs> he fell back in love with the project. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So yeah, that Great brings old. us now to, to number 90. We'll cut it off there. Whew. And things are heating up. It's getting, it's getting radical. Yeah, man. Double digits. 20 more tunes. Done. Yep. Yep. Feels good. And the tunes are getting good and uh it's just it's just great to revisit these. Yes, and, and we'll definitely be more on this and be back up every two weeks. So we're not Don't as jinx rusty it, Paco. Don't jinx it. <laughs> but all right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, let us know what you think of our picks. I like that in the last one people were down there talking about like, oh I didn't I thought this should be higher. I don't agree <laughs> with you with this. And it's uh it's just good to know people are listening and caring. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's part of the fun. It is. It really is. All right, everybody. So, from me, Paco. And me, Jeff. Have yourselves a monkey's little evening. 
Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>